You are listening to audio recorded at the Village Church. For more information, go to villagechurchbaltimore.com. For those of you who are unaware, I think uh, Pastor Larry should have mentioned it last week, but I was actually in Peru last week and last Sunday um, with our Grace Life Church partners who are planting a church in Lima, Peru, and doing ministry in different areas. And I'm actually going to be uh, sharing more about that next week as I'm going to preach about some of our global opportunities. So I uh, definitely welcome you to be here next week. I'm, I'm excited to share some of the things God was teaching me and to give up some um, update with that. Um, if you are newer to our church, and even if you've been around regularly, it's always good to be reminded why we do what we do. Um, our mission, the reason we exist, is we want to see reconciliation. Uh, reconciliation is just a fancy word for being made right, being reestablished in relationship with us and God, but also with one another. That's why we do what we do. And in an age when people are often divided, what does it look like to be made right with God, but also in all of our different uh, diversity of expressions, ethnicity, culture, class, what does it look like to be one family? And we believe that's it's not easy, but it's something that God is leading us into. And the part of the ways we want to see that happen is trans- transformation. We want to see lives transformed. And for us as a church then, uh, the way we want to see transformation expressed is both here at the village, but also as we start new churches uh, here in Baltimore, but uh, hopefully even beyond that one day. And uh, as that expression, I want to, if you don't know, this is Pastor Mike Pearson here. Uh, he has been walking with us with his family, Janet, and his beautiful children for uh, since last year. And uh, he's going to be preaching for us, so you're going to get to know him a little bit more in a few minutes. But one of the um, things we're excited to do is uh, Mike and Janet and their family, they made a huge faith step last year to m- really unru- uproot all of their lives and come to Baltimore, move here so they could start a new church as God has been leading them. And we've been privileged to have them walk with us here at the village so we could train, equip, empower, support, uh, all these different things. And Mike has been walking in residency with me as we're doing some training and getting them ready. So I want to just give uh, Mike here a chance to give us a brief update on how things are going with this new church and, and to, for you to be aware and for you also to know how you can be praying and support in different ways. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Pastor. Yeah, we've been here in Maryland for about like 15 months now. And um, so we have had some tough times. We've had some really good times here. We've laughed. We cried and cried. And And we still stand in amazement that we're here in Maryland. Like last week, my wife was like, we live in Maryland. I'm like, I know. It's still setting in. Uh, But what God has been doing has been wonderful and it's been amazing um, so right now where we stand, we see we have a logo, we have our name. Um, that's a big step, <laughs> identity. Uh, but we also have, um, God had brought two families to come along with us. So over here we have Cameron and Kara Rogers. They're over here with um, Dee and Ben. So if you guys can stand up real quick so you guys can. <laughs> yeah, they stepped right on the boat with us. They're crazy. Uh, and so, so things are moving along, you know, um, just in a way that I wouldn't expect it to. God has just been um, blowing our minds with what he's been doing. So we've been meeting, we've been planning, praying for one another, looking at a building, you know, and, like, things are coming together. So we're looking 
you know, this year that we can really start, you know, ministering to the community. So, and that's where we're at. Thank you, brother. And um, one of the ways as a church, obviously, as we continue to walk together, and um, this, this is a good thing for our church because we want to be reminded it's never just even about us. It's really easy for us to become kind of a silo and keep everything for ourselves. But we also always want to be distributing that outwards so we can see more people impacted. So as Pastor Mike and his team get ready to start this church on the northern end of town, uh, we want to ask you to be walking together with them. We're doing that as a church, but also you collectively and individually. Um, one of the best ways, one of the reasons, honestly, we have church planners preach is for us to be blessed, but also this is part of their training. So one practical thing you can do after, after the sermon today, come up to pastor and just share with him what are some things that you were blessed by? What are some things that you were blessed by that you learned that don't give him too much critique? That's not... <laughs> Maybe after a week, but for today, just let them know, how are you blessed? How do you see God working? And, and we want to walk together in these efforts together. So can I pray for us and pray for the Pearsons as well as their team as we're excited for what God is doing? Lord, we do ask for your continued favor, direction, blessing upon Pastor Mike and Janet and their, their team, their family. And we thank you, Lord, for these uncertain early days of a new church. Truthfully, it's be thou my vision because we have no idea with what we can see with our eyes today of what you might want to be doing. So give them courage in the midst of fear. Give them wisdom, Lord, in the midst of times that require great discernment. And we pray, Lord, for steadfastness. We pray for humility to trust and to know, Lord, to trust in you more than even in themselves. So God, we pray... Uh, as a church, we will continue to walk with in the light, asking that more people would experience the light of Jesus through these things. So we thank you even for the word we get to hear today. Speak through your servant. Holy Spirit, take these words and speak to us how we need to hear from you. So we love you. We thank you for this team. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor. Yes. Hello. You know, and uh, just... What Dan has been so gracious to allow us to walk beside him, and it's been wonderful. It's been a wonderful journey, um, which points me to, to, to God. You know, he's so faithful. He's so good. Uh, it's the reason why we said, yes, I will go. And we left everything that we've known back in PA. We left good jobs. We left a nice house with a two-car garage. Like, we were working, you know, to get that American dream, Right. Uh, we had a, a life group, and, and we had, you know, something good going on, and God asked, would we go? And it didn't make sense to us, but we said, Lord, we'll go. We'll go to Baltimore, even though we might die. Janet says, well, we could die there. Yes, we could die. <laughs> but if we didn't hear, if we didn't read in the Bible, right, the heroes of the, uh, in the Bible that did this, if we didn't read that, we wouldn't have done it. If we wouldn't have heard the testimonies of the men and the women that left behind family and everything that was comfortable to them, we wouldn't have done it either. But they did, and that encouraged us to go and said, yes, Lord, we will go. And so the text that I want to go in today has to deal with that. It's about this guy, Paul. And just to give you some background, this Jewish guy. And Paul, he's, he's an extremist, right? His goal was to imprison every 
Christian that he could find. And so as he was doing this, he has an encounter with Jesus, and he's radically converted. He's a believer in Christ Jesus now. And so sometime later, Paul is commissioned by the church to take supplies to elders in Judea and to prepare for a famine that was predicted to come. So he goes and, and, and he goes on this mission, and he completes it, but he embarks on other additional missions. And, and, the, and, and the result of him and his mission and going out, churches were started. He started churches. He was ministering. He was telling about Jesus, the love of Christ. He was sharing the gospel with them, and churches came out of his efforts. All this because he said yes. He said yes, I will go. So Paul now, he's returning, from, he's returning to Jerusalem from his third missionary journey. And so I'm going to read to you what happened along his journey as he's returning. So in Acts 21, verses 8 through 14 is the text that I will read to you today. It says, On the next day we departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. We were, while we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and his hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, this is how the Jews at Jerusalem would bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, what are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I'm ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, let the will of the Lord be done. He went. Paul's companions, they didn't understand his logic, his thinking, that he would still go to Jerusalem knowing what would await him when he arrived there where most of us would have said no, deviated from the plan, Paul says, yes, I will go. Has anyone here ever heard of the term glossophobia? I don't see any hands. It's the fear of public speaking. Uh, The symptoms include anxiety, sweaty hands, blurred vision, sometimes blacking out. I suffer from glossophobia. Yesterday, anxiety attacked me, and I'm fighting it back, you know. My heart was pounding. My hands are still sweaty. I'm not going to black out. I talked to the Holy Spirit. We're good. So like most Americans that would rather die than step on stage and speak to an audience, I'm saying yes to, the God, to, to God. I mean, I was so scared. Like, I found out I had a fear of public speaking in middle school when I was supposed to give a speech. And so I stepped up to the podium, and I looked at everybody out there, and I slowly disappeared behind the curtain. <laughs> it wasn't a good time to find out. So you may be thinking, why would I choose to be a pastor? Why would I, you know, choose to ter- plant a church, right? What's the, what's the logic behind that? It's like Paul. Why would you go to Jerusalem? They're going to kill you there. Two reasons. I'm worshiping my God when I get up here and I do this. I'm choosing to to place his voice above all other voices. Um, I'm I'm choosing to believe what he says about me than what other people think. 
I'm choosing to believe him over myself. Myself says I can't do this. But I put my faith and my trust in him. I'm worshiping him when I'm here and I'm speaking to you guys. The second reason is I'm activating my faith. I'm stepping out of this boat. I'm trusting God with my life. I'm walking obedience to the call of my life. He wanted me to do this. He chose me to do this. And I'm just saying, yes, Lord, I will follow. So whatever, you know, I didn't choose to become a pastor, but I did resolve in my heart. Lord, wherever you would lead me, I'm going to go. I would rather live by faith, face my fears and overcome them with God than to live fearfully and live in disobedience. Although I didn't be, you know, plan to become a pastor in life, when I received salvation, I purpose, Lord, wherever you will go, I'm going. And I followed him. And I've accomplished a whole lot more than I would have been on my own. It's like he opened doors for me. He made a way. He did it. So I want to talk about Paul's response to his peers. He says, not only am I willing to be in prison, but I'm ready to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord. Those that were with Paul, they opposed what he was willing to do, his decision, because they knew that he would suffer harm. But Paul was determined to go regardless of what they, what they, uh, what they said to him. You may think he was ignoring some good counsel, but he wasn't. Paul knew the calling on his life. He knew in his heart that this is what he had to do to advance the kingdom of God. So I want to tell you that holding on to the word of God in the midst of opposition will strengthen and produce an unwavering faith, an unshakable faith within you. You're not going to be moved. I think, like, like yeah, you're not going to move. He's going to keep you there. He's going to keep you steady. He's going to keep you strong. Like, I get up here, and I'm like, like, I'm moving around. Like, you know, this is what person with fear, does, you know, a public speaking does. But I feel God. I know he's with me, so I'm ready. So Paul resolved in his heart, this is the path for him. This is where he's going to go. This is, you know, he's going to follow Jesus to the ends of the earth. So whether his pockets were full of riches, or whether he was broke, whether he was living a lavish life, or he was near death, Paul was determined to go where Jesus would take him. It sounds like when I, when I say that, I think of marital vows, like for better or for worse, rich or poor, <laughs> sickness and health. Like, we talk about that kind of commitment, you know? But Paul knew that to give his life was to be joined to Christ. Like he was going to experience Christ if he left what he knew behind. So for Paul... It was, I have nothing to lose but everything to gain. So this, is, so, so this resolve uh, and this mindset that I want us to, to uh, um, like God is saying, this is what you must have. Have this, have this resolve in your heart. I have this mindset within you. So I hope in this message I can encourage you to live sacrificially as Paul did. So what is this resolve that we must possess and what does it take? I'm going to answer that for you because I know you're wondering, right? I believe that it must, a life must have conviction. You must have conviction. I think of tree roots, right? You know, they, 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 they go into the ground, they go in deep, and they have this stance. Like, this tree is immovable. And that conviction does that. We're not moving from what we believe, the belief that we have, this opinion about something. 
and then resolve. I think of resolve uh, to decide firmly on the course of action. These railroad tracks come to mind, right? And, and, and I like the synonym. I looked it up, right? And the synonym for, like, resolve is a firmness of purpose. I, I don't know why I want to clench my fist when I do that. But it's like a firmness of purpose, <laughs> But when we discover that, when, we have, when, we, when that's within us, we become trouble for, for Satan. Like he's yelling out to, you know, to his demons, like, hey, watch out. There's a believing believer on the loose. He's going to hurt us. Oh, he gets scared. So, 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 so it's important. This is important. We must grasp this, right? Last month, Janet and I went back up to uh, PA for a conference uh, with our church. And we got to hear from one of our missionaries up there. He lives in the Middle East amongst Muslims there. And one day he was invited by his landlord to go up to the mountains for a picnic. And so they went. And as he's going up there, they're met by the landlord's friends and some family members. So he's in the car to travel up to the mountain. There's this guy in the back seat who's just um, asking our missionary, why don't, why don't you become a Muslim? And so for the entire trip, he just wouldn't relent about asking him, you know, it's simple, you know, just confess Allah, you know, just become a Muslim already. And he wouldn't do it. So they get to the mountains, you know, and they're conversing. It's all men. And um, they're preparing a goat for eating. And then this guy comes back at him again. But this time he's a little bit more direct. You know, you should just become a Muslim right now. Like, just go ahead and say it. Just, Just do it. But the missionary wouldn't do it at all. He wouldn't confess. He says, no, I believe that Jesus is God. He's the son of a God. And the Muslim was just like, say it right now. You're going to say it. Confess to Allah. And he wouldn't budge. And so the, the guys that were with, um, with him, the landlord, they had to intervene and stop this from happening. And so later on, when he did make it home to his wife, he's like, I, I, don't, I didn't know if I was going to make it here tonight. This guy did not waver in his faith because of the conviction that he had, this resolve in his head that he had. And so although he was afraid for his life, he would not deny Jesus. He would not confess. He wouldn't be forced into confession. But he stood firm, and he was willing to go to the ends of the earth for Jesus. I want you to know, Satan is opposed to you in growing in your faith because that's trouble for him. But the message I'm bringing to you that I want to present is to help you grow in your faith. I want you to grow in your faith. Do you want to grow in your faith? I heard a couple yeses. Do you want to grow in your faith? All right. Then say it with me. I want to grow. I want to grow. Oh, yeah. Say it one more time. Woo, that's good. You encourage me when you say that. Because what I'm asking you to do is not that easy. It's hard. But when we agree with the words of God, that you are, us, we, are the work, uh, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. He prepared things for you to do, some good works, already when he thought about you. So you agree with this. And I agree with this. We step into a missionary status. 
Yes, we become like a high-ranking, offensive position in the kingdom of God. We are moving forward when we take this position as a missionary, someone who's received God's plans and, and, and going to other places to change the lives of people by displaying God being his image right before their very eyes. Missionaries are willing to go into the trenches. They talk to people that most, ignore, that, um, most people ignore. Um, they serve those. They are a witness to Christ. And we, that's us. We become missionaries who are willing to li- risk our lives to do that. Missionaries are the superheroes of, for the believers. They are our superheroes. So I ask, is there anyone whom you're willing to go to the ends of the earth for so that they would hear the gospel? Is there anyone that you would go to the ends of the earth to make sure they hear the gospel? If we say no to this question, it testifies to how much of the gospel we really grasp. Because Jesus died for everyone, even those that were murdering him. The gospel is not selective. It's for everyone. And we, we get the chance to, to take that gospel message to everyone. So this is the mindset that we must possess. To be willing to give our lives for the gospel and for other people. For our brothers, our sisters, for those who do not believe. And I think, this atti- we, I think we all have this attitude. It's somewhere in us. We, you know, and, and, and I think of... Um, the rapper 50 Cent, right? I'm going, I'm going to bring the secular in. The name of his first album his, was called Get Rich or Die Trying. He was willing to die to get rich. Biggie Smalls, his name of his album, Ready to Die. The, we have it. It's there. It's just misappropriated. They did it for fame. They, they did it for money, but... Not us. Not us. We do. We pursue the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have his mind because we read his word. We meditate on it. His spirit is in us. He's moving and speaks to us, bringing us revelation and bringing us understanding. He lets us know of of his intentions. We have to be careful to make sure that what we're listening to is not moving out the word of God out of us. There's competing voices that are trying to occupy our mind's capacity so that we don't meditate on the word of God. It's very important for me to do devotions in the morning because uh, when I go out in the road, oh, man, I'm provoked. <laughs> I come out at 95 Tunnel when they squeeze everybody together. Everybody's trying to get a spot, trying to come home. I was telling Janet, I need to get an old beat-up car. <laughs> let, him, let him hit that. <laughs> this is so important to me. This mind of Christ, this, this resolve that we have is so important. Because without this resolve, without the mind of Christ, the gospel doesn't go into every nation that Jesus had asked us to go and do. I didn't leave PA for fame and fortune. I left for God. I left for those who don't know God as their Savior. I, if you're a new person here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, and you came to check out this Christianity, this Christian life 
that we present, I came here for you. I came here, I left PA to bring you this message because you're worth it. You're worth leaving all that, everything that I was comfortable with. I'm here. And even if you walk out of here today and you're still not sure if you want anything to do with Christianity, you were still worth it. I'm still glad you came to check us out. And I'm just glad you came to hear the message. If everyone is waiting for someone else to be a witness, then no one would go, no one would hear, and no one would believe. We are the vehicles in which the gospel gets to sit passenger seat and go to the unbelievers. Like, I, I, I can see, you know, like, you know, right here, and hold, you know, and the gospel is in the seat, like, are we going to go? No? Okay. Can you roll down the window? It's hot. <laughs> We're the vehicles. We bring the gospel. And we have to take that step in doing it. And there's a cost. There's a sacrifice that goes along with following Christ, but the reward for our obedience surpasses that. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. To lay down one's life is the highest honor, the highest sacrifice that we can give. The original 13 colonies thought it was worth it to give their lives and fight in the Revolutionary War so that we could have uh, the United States today and have the freedom to come here and meet without persecution. They gave their lives for that. It all comes at a cost. The, the gospel comes at a cost. It's foundational to, our, to, to, to the faith. It's a pillar of faith. It's a sacrifice. But it's how the gospel is going to go into 2019. It's how it's going to be propelled into 2020 and to the next generation. The future followers need to know that there were people who believed that left all that they knew, held fast to their faith, and allowed so that they would have freedom of religion as well. So we we are that example for those who are coming after us. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. I'm like, huh? So he said in another way, he who loses his life for my name's sake will find it. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm hearing you. So not too long ago, we've heard three testimonies. We've heard of a mother in Zambia with her family who's serving, who's witnessing to people. We've heard of Pastor Roger Kim leaving our country to another place to bring the gospel, to be a witness. We've heard of an individual that's from another country. If if their family found out what they did, they were baptized in the faith. They would kill them. They're putting their lives on the line. They left all that they were comfortable with all that they've known, leaving behind family and saying yes to God's call and, and God's honoring them for them, uh, honoring them for that. So just like Paul, the result of their obedience will be new churches, more churches, more believers, more preachers, more missionaries, more servants, and more sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. Amen. The evidence of our faith is found in our dying to self. We must surrender our lives to God 
we have to die to our own self-desires, love the Lord our God with all of our strength, with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, all of it. No holding back. There's no, we, no trying to love the world and trying to love God. That's being divided. That's, that's instability. There's no flip-flopping. There's no, no back and forth. We hold on to this. And here's a truth that I hold on to that I would like for you to hold on to as well. That it's better to give than to receive. Hmm. We were a two-car family, okay, uh, back in PA. We had a 2006 Honda Pilot and a 2003 Mazda MPV. So one day we were sitting with our pastor, and he was telling us about a family that was in New York that's moving, I mean, that was in California, that was moving to New York to plant a church. And as he's telling us the story about this, this family, I heard God within me saying, we have an extra one. I'm like, we got an extra what? <laughs> so after our, you know, our conversation with our pastor, I said to Janet, you know, hey, was God like nudging you to do anything? She's like, no, but if he's telling you to do something, you better do it. <laughs> so I told her, I think we, we got to give that family a car. We're talking about a huge inconvenience. And... Uh, so Janet prayed about it, you know, and we called up this pastor. We're letting him know, like, hey, we want to give you a car. We just felt like the Lord was leading us to give you a car. You know, let's set up a date. We're setting up a date to give him a, you know, the Mazda. And Janet was praying. And God spoke to her. He said to her, give them the pilot. Janet says, Mike, we got to give him the pilot. I said, I didn't hear God say that. <laughs> Man, that pilot was nice. <laughs> Had a DVD for the kids. It was newer. <laughs> Shining up real nice. So we gave them the car. We gave them, we gave them the pilot. And we drove around in one car for quite a while. 2003 Mazda MPV van. That's perfect for, for, the, for the tunnel. <laughs> Stand on the truth that it's better to give than to receive. We have a 2009 pilot right now. God did that. God gave us the opportunity to get another vehicle. But we didn't do it for that. We did it for the gospel. We did it for the kingdom of God. We were willing to inconvenience ourselves for the kingdom of God. Allow this to govern your life. Allow this to be the truth that guides you as it did our, our, our God, our, you know, Jesus, our Savior. So I have to say to myself, like, I'm a giver. It's part of my declaration over myself. Mike, you're a giver. So does anybody want to be a giver? You know where I'm going, right? I'm going to ask you to to say it with me. I'm a giver. Say it with me. I'm a giver. Oh, yeah. Yep, you're stepping into it. Holy Spirit's going to get a hold of you. He's going to show you something you got to give. But this is hard. Depending on who you serve, this is going to be hard. So the question I ask, like, who is the Lord of your life? The answer to that question will determine the willingness of your sacrifice, what you're willing to give up for Jesus. It's going to reveal what degree you're willing to suffer, what you're willing to endure. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? 
Or is it someone else? Is it something else? Is comfort your Lord? Is money holding you back from going to the ends of the earth and bringing the gospel to someone? Pride or fear. Could be family. Something. What's holding you back? Money was my God. I did things to get money because money was going to get me ahead in life. And chasing them after money got me into a lot of trouble. But what, what I pursued, that money, God used to bring me to him. When I met Janet, she was going to church. And from my perception, her life was much harder than mine. But her life was much more blessed than mine. And I even had to ask her, why, why are you doing so, so, so much better than me? She says, because I tithe, and I, give, you know, I trust God with my money. I'm like, what? Tithe? And when she told me what tithing was, I'm like, uh-uh, I don't believe her. Uh-uh, that's of the devil. You don't give money like that. You just don't give God money. <laughs> I couldn't wrap my head around it, this, this concept of giving. It didn't make sense to me. I was working hard. I was working to make ends meet, and, and, and I was just struggling. And so one day I walked Janet to an interview at a hospital. So I walk her there, you know, she goes inside, and I'm having a seat, you know, and she goes in, and she goes, and she has these, you know, limitations, because Janet had already had, you know, a son when we got together. So there was only certain days that she could work, certain hours that she can work. So she didn't get the job that she applied for. But she did get a job she didn't apply for that was flexible and paid her more money than what she would apply for. So she came out, and she said, this is what happened. I was like, what? I was baffled. I was in disbelief. I'm like, she's, her life is just getting more better. Can I say that, more better? <laughs> so I had to go check this God stuff out. I'm like, all right, let's go to church. I'm going to check this out. And three services later, I get saved. I give my life to the Lord. I'm like, oh, man. But Janet, she had to endorse me for a little bit. She had to stop for a little bit because I was a hater. I'm like, this girl's getting blessed, and I'm, you know, I'm over here eating ramen noodles. <laughs> but I believe we're all called to suffer for Jesus in some way. I believe this is, and I said it you know, earlier, this is foundational to our faith. It's part of the biblical truths that we know. John, like Jesus said, the world hates you. No, it hated me before it even hated you. He says, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. We're not called to live in a life skipping through the meadows, singing la, 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 la. No. We are to display God. We're called to go into the trenches and, and, and be the representative of the gospel. That's what he's called us to do. And, and, and we try to avoid that. I fear the judgment that follows the day that we meet Christ face to face. There is a judgment that awaits for us where we'll, we will be asked and, and be held accountable for our lives. Jesus is going to ask, did you do the will of the Father? Did we do the will of the Father while on this earth? For the person who says they're a believer but really didn't believe that God who said, that, um, said who God was, 
for them, they're the ones that they doubt his faithfulness. They doubt his attentiveness and his involvement. So they don't step out in faith. They're going to be asked about that. But what if that day that you step, you meet God face to face, and he asks you, did you do the will of the Father? And you say, Lord, I laid it all down for you. I followed you wholeheartedly. And the result, I made disciples. I preached your word. People were baptized. Wouldn't that be a glorious day? Our steadfastness has the power to influence other people. So through Paul's determination, he persuaded his peers to agree to the will of God for his life. They said, you know what? He's going to go. Let the Lord's will be done. So I believe God speaks to us today. He speaks to those that humble themselves, that are willing to surrender to his will. When you clearly hear from the Lord, don't fall away. Don't waver from what he's told you. Don't allow earthly thinking and logic move you into disobedience. Follow the Lord wholeheartedly, all your mind, all your strength. I've experienced significant change in my life as a result of surrendering to Christ. Every time I said yes, even though I wanted to say no, I was promoted. In my previous job, my boss took on a different role. So he left my department, and I left the void, and no one wanted that job, not even me. (laughs) But everyone is expecting me to take that position. And I said, Lord, I will do it if you're going to be with me. So that year, in 2016, I was promoted to a supervisor, but I was also ordained as a pastor. I got a double blessing. God is worth it. He's worth it all. I tell you these stories to encourage you. He's worth it. To go to the ends of the earth. To say yes. Our yes is the grain that falls to the ground and produces much grain. More fruit. That's the point of losing your life and finding it. We will find life. If we believe then we will see him do great and mighty works in us and through us. They were already planned. He already, when he thought of us, he says, I got good works for you to do. Just follow me. They're already laid out. So lastly, I want to tell you this. God responds to obedience. If there's anything you heard, hear this. He responds to your obedience. Not your gifts, not your talents, your obedience. So purpose in your heart to partner with the Village Church. That's my challenge for you. Partner with the Village Church. And you can activate this just by, you know, determining in your heart to give, to support what the Village Church does. They're a missionary church. Like, they're, they're investing in people. They're invested in us. They're doing their work. The Lord's going to ask them what you do, and they're going to have a, a sheet of, Lord, we did it. We went all out for you. You can start with your tithes. That's where I had to start, with tithing, 10%. Some of you might be doing 10%. Go 15. Go 20%. 
It's a small step, but every time you say yes to God, it's going to be an inconvenience. But you say yes to him, the obedience, he will see you through. Amen? I'm going to pray for you. Lord, be our conviction. Be our resolve. I've asked, Father, they want it to grow, and we want to grow. So help us, Lord, to grow in faith, in our faith in you. Help us to be givers, to be a blessing, Lord. Speak to us. We desire to hear from you, Lord. We desire to be used by you, Lord, to go to the ends of the earth, to go into the trenches for you, Lord. Help us not to hold on to anything that will stop us from pursuing you. Help us to to let go so that the gospel can go. Help us to put our foot on the pedal and move further, closer to those that need to hear your word, Lord. So I bless you guys. He's going to speak to you. Say yes to him. In Jesus' name, amen.